This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. everybody and welcome to keep screaming a podcast where two best friends dissect horror movies one by one i got it right this week i'm very proud of myself it's been two weeks of not getting it right uh my name is ryan larson this is my co-host bbass hurrah and this week we also have a very special guest and that guest is our producer and our friend and a, another podcaster and king of weird sleazy 80s trash horror movies and that's brendan klein Hello, hello, hello. I'm so sorry. Hello. <laughs> Brennan picked our movie this week, so when we get into that, uh, we will be able to pick his brain about what he was thinking. I have excuses, I promise. <laughs> I have excuses? Uh, so if this is your first time on the show, listening to the show, on the show, sorry, uh, listening to the show, what we do is every two weeks we pick one horror movie, one slasher movie that we completely go over. So we go over everything from the director to the score to the poster to the acting to the kills. Um, and then at the end of the episode, we rank them. And you can find those rankings at our website, keepscreaming.com. And that is at keepscreaming.com slash the dash list. Uh, you can find us there. You can find us at podpeople.me, which is our podcasting network that Brennan runs. Uh, we are also on Twitter and Instagram at ScreamingCast. Uh, then you can rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Stitcher, maybe one day Google Play or uh, Spotify if they ever decide to recognize us as a podcast. Oh, we're gonna... Yeah, Spotify is real picky with their stuff. Um, yeah, and that that's that's it that's for us. our yeah our download our information download at the beginning of the episode but we do start every episode with a pop culture check-in which is where we try to spend five ten minutes but inevitably spend 20 minutes talking about things that we watch that were not the movie um a lot of times it's still horror because we are just big horror fans but we also love things like rom-coms and we watch a lot of tv um so b watched nine thousand things oh, this week <laughs> I will kick us off. I'll just run through real fast. I decided to follow up. We did Child's Play two or three movies ago now, so I finally watched Child's Play two. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. This whole time, thought Child's Play two was the one in the military camp. Nope, no. it's not. It's like directly followed up yeah. to Child's Play. Did not remember that at all. Yeah. Um, you think? I think Andy sucks still. <laughs> yeah, Th- that kid is just not a good actor, and I'm sorry. But- Andy but Barclay. But sucks less when he's a kid because you at least can like make excuses. Oh, it's a kid. Yes, yeah. exactly. It's not like Wait, Cult of Chucky. Is he in a thing he's in as Curse adults? and Cult. Oh. Mm. Yeah, and it's not great. Mm. Um, but I mean, I I don't know. Child's Play Two is weird because they're like I like the finale. Yeah, it, I love the entire movie. So I no, I like the movie, and I mean, I really enjoy the Child's Play franchise as a whole. Bride of Chucky is still my favorite, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's the best one. But it's just weird. They're like, oh, yeah, and his mom's gone. And I'm like, where the fuck is his mom? Like, she just bailed, and it's like, she's getting help. So he's just floating around in foster homes until he get until she's, like, good to go. And I, and I was like, that's not how, I don't know, that's just weird to me. Like, it's a weird thing. Um, oh, I mean, 
it's kind of how the system works yeah i guess i don't know it's just like really odd to me and then like that dad that stepdad or foster dad dude was a total doucher the entire time yeah you mean garrett graham from phantom of the paradise yes i mean garrett graham from phantom of the paradise that's why brennan's on the show y'all um that's what he brings to the show facts i love him facts it's true you are full of trivia um so i know i did really enjoy it though but and i i think my favorite character is like the teenage sister kyle yeah, yes she's the best she is the best part of that movie easily um did you I, see that uh meme that's going around of taylor swift and um what's his face the ginger the who sings ginger. who sings the uh <laughs> Chuck, yes the Chuck wedding songs yeah oh, Ed Sheeran. it's like them and then it's a picture of chucky and kyle and oh it's like God. oh friends Aww. forever that's, that's adorable that's and i have not around. seen that uh, also, because of Shudder, I decided to go back and check out Lords of Salem again because oh, yeah. I really, really hated that movie the first time I watched it, which was pretty much right when it came out. And Shudder put it up, so I was like, I'm going to give it another go because everyone on Twitter was kind of like, hey, maybe we shit on this movie too early. And you know what? I agree. Um, if you are into what is like very fashionable in horror right now, which is that kind of like slow burn dread-filled, tension-building horror, then I think you should go back and watch Lords of Salem if you haven't because it really is a much more restrained Rob Zombie. He's still doing all the weird, like, 70s psychedelic throwback stuff that he enjoys, but it's not, like, needlessly violent. Um, He does make Sherry Moon Zombie walk around naked, like, a whole lot, Mm -hmm. uh, like he always does because that's his favorite thing to do. But uh, That's weird. Uh, yeah, but I still really liked. I actually ended up really liking the movie, um, and I love the folklore behind it too. Yeah, which I think is so. Really I started it on Shutter like last Halloween season. I feel like because I was finally like, all right, all right, I'll watch it. It's on here. I, in general, enjoy Rob Zombie, and it was one of those things where I was watching it and then I had to go do something, so I had to stop, and nothing brought me back to it. Mm. And I like slow burns, but I mean. I might have just not spent enough time in it to have gotten connected enough. I mean, it definitely I could feel where they were trying to build like something was weird going on with like the record yep. and what was happening and why was that sent to her and her neighbors are acting really weird. And so you're starting to feel uncomfortable, but I don't know. I'll have to give it another shot. Have you ever seen it, Brennan? I actually haven't. And can we talk about Child's Play 2 some more? Yeah. <laughs> oh, JK, yeah. JK. Oh, okay. I was like, we can go back if you want um also on shutter the same day i watched dead of night which is a seven seventies i think it's a 70s anthology horror movie um, is that the one with the uh the killer doll no is like a ventriloquist dummy or something no that's oh, okay, are you thinking of magic with anthony hopkins no there's an anthology with a killer dummy never mind oh okay um no this is one it's kind of like twilight zone-esque um one of time travel, one of vampires, and one of a mother wishing her drowned son back to life? Yes, that is it from 1977. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, it's a TV movie. Yes. So the dean from Veronica Mars season three is in it. Ed Begley Jr.? Yes, at a very, very young age. Beautiful. So it was, it was, Sign me up. Was, Veronica Mars alone. Exactly. So, I mean, I was on board from the get-go. No, I really liked it, actually. Um, it felt like... Twilight, like all three segments feel very different um and there's no wraparound or anything so it's just like three weird stories and the first one is super twilight zone-esque it's about uh a guy who restores this old car and he drives it and um it travel he travels back in time 
um, and then like it somehow relates to his future. Um, and then the second two are both horror stories. One feels very Hammer. Um, it's it's like super Victorian and very like um, like that whole like uh, aristocrat feel that ha- the old Hammer films used to have. And then the last one is super like Tales from the Crypt um, like. So I I. I just love Shudder because there's all this weird random stuff that I would never even think to watch and because of them I was able to watch that. Um, the last one I watched was Bloodfest, which was hitting it's been on the festival circuit for like a year now. It's Owen Egerton from Rooster Teeth wrote and directed it and he also stars in it. What is that title? What? Is he related Rooster to Joel Egerton? No. Um, is there multiple editor he's yeah no he's not taryn or joel um all all his own um but basically it is it's it's very fun it's a very meta take on love horror movies try surviving one exactly so it's a very meta take on like the haunt um Mm. i mean that we're seeing a lot of movies that are taking place like that new what's the new one coming out hellfest i think it's called oh this yeah the six flags one yeah. i think that one's is coming that a out. six flags movie six flags is like sponsoring it they're doing they is have a really? part yeah they have a they have a partnership with it i saw somebody but. post in the shockwaves group and be like if i didn't know hellfest was coming out like october 28th or whenever it's coming out i do now after being in six flags for a day yeah and i was like wait what's this movie it's being sponsored so like parts of hellfest that you'll see in the movie you'll be able to also go to at six flags that's cool that's pretty neat yeah so it's a pretty smart like immersive yeah. horror, horror tie-in exactly shit. um and Bloodfest is essentially the same thing where it's this kid who is obsessed with horror movies and they're basically throwing like a woodstock but for horror movies so it's oh, this yeah it's this big <laughs> horror movie director and Zachary he has Levi. he took yeah for like a second oh. and he takes like a 200 acre lot and just turns it all into horror movie sets so there's like a zombie um like an evil dead cabin in the woods zombie land there's like a circus um full of like creepy clowns there's a whole like weird basement area that's all devoted to like torture porn um and basically you find out that the director is killing people he's like filming it and he's making his newest movie they are all there thinking they're like celebrating horror and like at this big thing but then he starts murdering everyone um and the kid i'd love to go to that it's kind of a goofy storyline because the kid uses his horror knowledge of tropes to get them to the end um and they like all the final girls yes but they kind of like shoehorn stuff in to make it so the tropes fit in a real life scenario Mm. but it works like it it's very tongue-in-cheek and it like yeah it's it's super fun and how'd you watch it uh i rented it no okay so it's it's out on vod or did you get a screener i got a screener i got a screener for him yeah Yeah. lame no but it is out it is out you can rent it okay um i think i got it like two days early is is zachary levi playing himself because he's credited as actor and character zachary levi yes he plays himself i'll watch anything with flynn rider in it yeah oh and him being flynn rider is a huge part of it because like what no well there's this there's (laughs) this huge like my world there's there's all this stuff that's happening and this one girl just goes i loved you as flynn rider and he's like okay like we're getting attacked by zombies and then they like that'd be me they're trying to yeah they're trying to figure out a plan and she's like when you sang this song it connected Uh me on levels that i can't explain and he's like okay cool but we're like gonna die i'd be like if you check my last fm you will see i have listened to at last i see the light 
473 times. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are all the ones. I, I think I watched, oh, I definitely watched Devour, but we'll talk about that when B gets there. Um, but those are all the ones that I remembered watching, at least. Yeah. Good job. Uh, Brennan, what did you watch? Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. That so, you want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I have pared down my very long list into something small. <laughs> um, but I actually caught up on a movie that was recommended by Shockwaves like a year and a half ago, which is about how long it takes for me to check out the movies they recommend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's called Beyond the Seventh Door. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's basically a Tommy Wiseau character. <laughs> or, or Tommy Wiseau, an actor who's almost identical in speech and face to Tommy Wiseau so Beautiful. they're out there like someone else from his race of aliens is it the room horror because sign me up uh, it it is very bad and very weird it, I don't know I, I usually like Wiseau. stilted bad movies but this isn't really one that spoke to me um, I think the problem is because it's about it's about a guy and a girl who are trying to rob the girl's rich boss and they get trapped in this weird saw-esque dungeon where he's putting them through like a bunch of like puzzles in order to earn his money or something oh, god um <laughs> okay but the thing is like it's a it's a fun cool plot but the answers to the puzzles are the stupidest goddamn things <laughs> like so they're just, like legit riddles like he's like a sphinx yeah sort of their their riddles or the clues are weird but just some sometimes the answer is like you got to punch through a wall and you're like well what the what the hell this is nothing and like especially there's a a thing with a bunch of tiles on the floor like uh the last crusade and you have to like press the right ones to spell out a word and the way they interpret the clue which turns out to be correct is complete nonsense and i i think that's like because there are a lot of fun bad movie things like a really abrupt sex scene that then cuts to the corpse of an old man Mm. um or the fact that the star's name is laser rockwood yes which is a great name yeah um but yeah it it, uh it just feels unfair because it's kind of fun that there are puzzles but the puzzles are just so bad um it's just not satisfying you make it sound a lot more fun than your ultimate decision of you shouldn't watch it uh i don't know maybe check it out no like, not for me it sounds like a group yeah, movie for sure for me it's real yeah it's, it's like a party movie-esque but it's just it's very small it's like obviously they found one boiler room they could shoot in and they have two actors and it's just very eh, it's fine <laughs> um but I also watched, on the other end of the spectrum, I watched Revenge. Have mm. I ever seen that yet? Mm-mm. Oh, hell yeah. Coralie Fargi, right? Yeah, I, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Something, something. Um, but yes, she it's was great so on, good. She was great on podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I haven't checked that one out. Check that out. I have not either. Um, Madeline Lutz, right? Was in that? Yes. So it's... I Yeah, that movie is amazing. It's funny because, so the only thing, I knew I recognized Madeline Lutz and then it, I, it was from Rings. Mm. Oh, really? She's in Rings. She's mm. the star of it. And so I think that is proof that sometimes it's the director <laughs> because uh, that movie is awful and I would have never even often. given her another chance. It's me and Chainlane Woodley. Mm, Took me yeah. years. Oh, shoot. That really was. Yeah. No, I, I mean, so... I 100% when I saw Rings and it's not just Rings was a bad movie when I saw Rings I was like she is horrible 
Like, she is a terrible actress. I thought she was very pretty, but just super cardboard. And then I saw Revenge, and I was like, what the fuck? That was yeah. a total 180. Yeah. Direction makes and, a big difference. Mm-hmm. And that's weird, because she. I was going to say, like, maybe it's because she's forced to have an American accent. But she speaks English in this one, too. Yep. Which is, mm, so it just is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, Re- Revenge is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I mean, it's a rape revenge tale directed by a woman. There's not much more plot than that. Um, but it's just, it's gorgeous and stylish. And the the guy that she's eventually getting revenge on is incredibly handsome. So while he's being evil, I'm like, I can still look at you. That's fine. <laughs> um, and the thing is, for me, it's like a 9 out of 10 movie and not a 10 out of 10 movie. Because I think I wish it had turned it up to 11 a couple more times than mm. it did. Yeah. I can, um, I can see that. But it's a beautiful movie, and there are shots of, like, just an apple that will freak you out. Dude, it's and it's crazy, too, because it's a beautiful movie in a very bland landscape. Like, they're in the desert. So yeah. it's just flat, and it's all the same color, but somehow she is able to totally... Like you said, I mean, all the shots at the house, I think, are the best... Like, some of the best shots are at the house. But even without that, like the way she really accentuates color against such a like Mm -hmm. like normal backdrop it she's she's an incredible director i'm super excited to see what she does next and i i'm not big on rape revenge movies at all oh no um because they bother me because i know that shit happens and it bums me out um but the way i think you Except know, for the revenge part, that doesn't actually yes, usually happen. Yeah, so I know, and it should. It yeah, that's, <laughs> um, but the way that she films, like it's not graphic. It's not needlessly graphic, like a lot of them are. Um, as far as the whole rape part of it, like it's still absolutely. You're not like, watching it and going like, "Oh yeah, they're showing this rape because somebody's actually into this." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because it's for uh, the plot. It, yeah, aside from, like, The Last House on the Left, which every frame of that movie is supposed to make you feel gross and mm-hmm. disgusting and terrible, um, there are a lot which of rape revenge movies you're supposed to be titillated by the yeah. first part and the second part. And that's, yeah. it's, Mm-mm. it's icky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah. And this does not do that at all. It makes you feel uncomfortable and it makes you feel like, like, you, you know none of it is supposed to be attractive. Like, it's ugly and it's gross and then the, it makes the revenge that much more satisfying. Yes. Uh, yeah, love that movie. Totally, everyone. It's on Shutter, right? I think they picked it up. Uh, I believe so. I don't have Shutter, so I just rented it on Redbox, and I also just now own it. Why don't you have Shutter? It's five dollars. I don't have five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Brendan. Okay. What else did you watch? I love that movie. Everyone should watch it. Go rent yes. it on Redbox, or if you have five dollars instead Redbox? of one dollar, um, go ahead and get Shutter. Or you can rent it, VOD, for probably five ninety nine. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Or buy it. Um, and uh, I'm just going to bring up one more thing, which is not horror-related. Um, but I watched, on the advice of our mutual friend Aaron Dries, Ooh. I watched Muriel's Wedding. Oh! oh my God, I forgot yeah, about that! Yeah. Have, uh, have either of you seen it before? No! no. But he, he talked about he it when we went and it. got... Uh, yeah. What did we get? Pita? Those overpriced yeah. flatbreads? Yeah, that were very they good. They weren't that overpriced. They were pretty good. Uh, they were, okay. Um, 
But yeah, so Muriel's Wedding is a film that came out in 1994. It's an Australian like indie romantic comedy that actually hit pretty big in the States. Oh, I love Tony um, Collette. Is, that's Tony Collette? Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's Tony Collette. It's um, a really early role for her, and she gained like 30 pounds to play it, so she's not the gaunt Tony Collette you know and love. Um, it's about this girl who's the son of like a city councilman or whatever the version of that in Australia is. Um, and she's just this layabout and she does nothing except just like lie in her bed and listen to ABBA songs all day, which I can relate to. Dude, ABBA's um, the soundtrack for this? Sweet. Yes. Who doesn't love um, ABBA? I love ABBA. Everybody loves and, ABBA. Yeah, basically, I mean, cause she's, she wants her life to be as happy as an ABBA song. And she thinks that she can make something of herself if she can find a man who loves her because that's how she kind of defines herself. And she's like, if a man can love me, then I'm worth something. Hmm. Um, So she desperately, like, at any cost is trying to get married. She basically doesn't care to who. She just wants it to happen Um, at the point that she sacrifices certain things in her life. And it's very it's very funny, but it's also very tragic. Um, and it's, it's just such a good movie. And it's the tensest I've been in a Tony Collette movie this year. And that is 100% shade towards Hereditary. Wow. Really? Yes. You this didn't like Hereditary? I haven't seen it yet. Hereditary was fine. Uh, Brandon, um, you made us watch Girls Night Out. And you're going to sit here and tell me Hereditary was fine. Hereditary is better than Girls Night Out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's but, good. Like, let me clarify. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. There's a lot of great stuff in Hereditary, but I think it starts to peter out at about the halfway mark. Mm, I can see that. Um, I love the actors. I love the set piece that, you know, anyone would talk about. The, you know. If yes, you've seen it. yes. Um, Watch it eventually, but I swear. Without spoilers, I think the movie reminded me too much of Paranormal Activity 4, which is one of the worst movies ever made. Ugh. I've only seen Paranormal Activity 1 because I hated it so much oh I can't God. bear to watch the rest of them. Get over it. I can't. I'll I'm still so bitter. Yeah, because you're She's the one. She's so mad that I told her to see it. That it was so good. It was so scary. And Derek and I scary. went to the movies and we kept looking at each other going like, what the hell was Ryan thinking? This is terrible. Anywho, no need to be mean on a movie, but I hate that movie. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Beam. What movies did you watch? Okay, guys, I unfortunately went down a Netflix rom-com black hole. I don't think I'm that's not, unfortunate. No, I'm not better for it. I'm actually except probably for one little, movie, except probably. for one. Yeah. So I watched to all the boys I've loved before, which is yeah, it was cute. Oh, it was so cute. Very good. Um, a plus review from this one. Um, I thought it was super charming. Great story. A really, it's a about a girl who, as a kid, anytime she'd have a crush on a boy, she'd write these letters and she'd like lock them away. And her younger sister thinks she's not um, opening up enough. And so she mails these letters out and it's kind of plays out the consequences of these letters she's written over the years of like innocent crushes. No real like relationships were about on these letters. Um, and sort of the consequences of these boys finding out that she wrote like intense love letters to them um it's really well done it's a just a good story in general about um family and sisterhood and um dealing with the loss of a parent and opening up to another person and opening up to the idea of loving someone and really cute cast it's all all great all 
all plus. The only thing that was weird is that her older sister is supposed to be going away to college. Um, except for it's played by the actress who plays Mona in Pretty Little Liars. And she's oh, like 35. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm sorry. You cannot keep playing her as an 18-year-old. Forget her name. Janelle, Janelle Parrish. Parrish. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Super cute. Oh, Israel Broussard's in it from Happy Death Day? Yes. Yes. Oh. He plays uh, her sister's boyfriend and one of the boys that she sent a letter to. I like him. Yes. Yes. So he's in it. It's a really good class. That Noah Centineo guy, which is Netflix's new little pretty boy. He's very attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, he's been in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. With them. So, yeah. Watch that. Because I liked it so much, I was like, maybe I'll give all those other Netflix ones a chance. So I watched uh-huh. Set It Up, and that was okay. Yes, it's also cute. It, yeah, it, that one felt way more Lifetime movie, where To All the Boys I've Loved Before actually felt like a legitimate oh, I like like, Zoe, theatrical however release. you say her last name. I always, yeah, Deutsch, sure. I always say douche, and I'm like, that's wrong. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, it's got Tate Diggs and Lucy Liu? How bad could it be? It was fine. It was a Lifetime yeah. movie. Oh, it was fine. Okay. Uh, But then I watched Adventures in Public School, which wasn't necessarily like a rom-com, but it was seriously so terrible. I really disliked it. It has Judy Greer in it and another kid that's in a bunch of Netflix movies. Eyebrows Um, over here? Yeah. Yeah. Daniel Doheny. I feel like I've heard of him. He's in... Yeah. Alex Strangelove is like the big one. From Netflix. And then The Package oh, is a Netflix yeah. movie that just came out, which I, looks terrible. Was, and I oh, did not watch that. It was horrible. I watched it. It no. was so bad. Adventures in Public School like is about a homeschooled kid and his very inappropriate relationship with his mom. And she what? realizes... <laughs> yeah. No. She's like... They're like obsessed with each other. He has uh, no other friends. Everything you're saying is making me uncomfortable. No. It is really <laughs> uncomfortable. And you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then she's like, oh yeah, maybe you have been too sheltered. And he's like, wants to be like Stephen Hawking. But then he sees one girl in high school, like when he goes to take his like GED test. And he's like, I want to go to public school so I can see this girl. And he obsesses over this one girl the whole movie. And his mom decides that maybe he was too sheltered. So she starts getting him high and getting him drunk and taking what? him to parties. Yes. You guys, this movie is so weird. What are the words coming out of your mouth? And So she homeschools him on how to party? Yeah, basically. Because she feels like maybe he didn't get the high school experience he needed. Also, she tries to guide him in having sex. It's very weird. Oh and I feel like I knew what they were trying to do. They were trying to make this like charming story of like oh this like you know very close relationship with the parents and he's like a nerdier kid and and she's just trying to help him open up and see the world but they failed miserably every single character is like hey overprotective mom weird homeschool kid and they're just that they're an over stereotyped character and nothing else and just made me so mad you should watch this one good kids that's what it reminded me. I saw it go up on Netflix. It has Zoe Deutsch and Israel Broussard in it. Beautiful. And oh, okay. the kid from the 10 Things I Hate About You TV show. No, I have to take Nic- a break Nicholas from Netflix. Braun? Yeah, Nicholas Braun. Why do you know his name? Because he's cute. <laughs> Valid. Great. Yeah, good He's point. really tall. He is very tall. I like that. Um, but have have either of you seen Alex Strangelove? No. Have you? I would recommend that one. Mm-hmm. It's very cute. It's like a gay American pie. Actually, that already exists. But it's like, Wait, what um, is gay American pie? Is it called Gay American Pie? 
No, it's called Another Gay Movie, and it's literally just American Pie, but with gay dudes, and it's great. Oh, nice. okay. But Gay American Pie sounds awesome, because I... I like American Pie. I really like American Pie, too. But oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, okay. Good. It's a staple. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Anywho, um, I'm bitter. I'm over Netflix right now. Wait, what about Sierra oh, Burgess no. is a loser? So okay, so Did that one, that? yeah, that one just came out on Friday. I'm real up on it, guys. And I've, I've been meaning to watch that, yeah. but I've heard not great things. So it's decent. It's got what's her face, Barb, right? It's Barb, yeah. and then the guy from Brandon To All Person. the Boys I've Loved Before. Oh, okay. Um, so he's the love oh, yeah, interest no in this one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, so. For oh, the that? most part, yeah, it's okay. fine. Oh, it's Cyrano de Bergerac. De Bergerac. Sure. Weird. Um, Why are we still just like set it up? That's also Cyrano de Bergerac. It is. Oh my god! Why did they make two movies? I don't know. They're just making the same movie over and over. But and they star the same people. And they star the same people. So this one has like a get what they're doing. She's like a very confident. Um, but, like, not your typical attractive girl in high school. And she catfishes this boy. I'm not giving anything away because it's literally in the trailer. And what I did it, and all that's fine, and it's actually a really great story between her and the mean girl. That's actually probably the best storyline of the film. Um, They sort of... If if you have a storyline of female friendship in your romantic movie, it's always the best storyline. It is. It really is. And so that I really enjoyed... The Thompson's in it. The character, like her love story, is very bland. Um, There's like no chemistry between the two actors, and they actually don't see each other until the very end of the movie. Um, The issue I have with it is that, like most high schoolers, all the characters, especially Sierra Burgess, our star, make some very poor decisions and do some very cruel things, and there's no like penance or repercussions yeah it's just sort of like the movie then it's like oh yeah she just did something super mean and bad and was a bad person and a bad friend and a bad daughter and then it's like that's okay because she's been bullied and she doesn't look like everybody and then everybody forgives her so that's the part that i sort of ruined the whole movie for me because i'm like "Mm, no that's not how it works so it's fine it's i liked it until it got to that part and i was like cool there's no repercussions for her being like a snotty high school kid cool everything you're saying just makes me want to watch love simon i haven't seen that yet it's fantastic yeah i need to watch it anywho i watched eraser i'm continuing my action movies so eraser with arnold schwarzenegger and vanessa williams who i love it is directed by, um, Brennan, do you know this? I actually have not seen Eraser, so I, look, I'm very, I'm woefully behind on my Schwarzenegger. I just saw Commando for the first time, like, a couple oh, weeks ago. Oh, dude, I love Commando. Oh, but it's directed by Chuck Russell. Oh, I love him. Yes. So, it's directed by Chuck Russell, who did the most well-loved Nightmare sequel. Oh, Nightmare 3. Um, and The Blob. I disagree. No, it's the most loved. The most loved. It, not it the most the loved most by loved, you. But there are so many good sequels <laughs> yeah. to that franchise. No, I agree. I love that he franchise. He directed The Mask. Yeah, so. Oh my god, I love that movie. There, I really liked this movie. Um, it went, Ben's like, I don't know if you're going to like this one. And then it started, I'm like, no, I really like this one. Um, yeah. Fun plot. Also, 
there's like a really cool alligator scene. Oh my god, that scene's ridiculous. Oh, I love it. It's so good. No, I agree. But I was also, just like, like smiling the, the whole time. What's the one liner? No, and there's like, so many good one liners, which that's... I've just learned that really sells an action flick for me. Yes. Big fan. Yeah. And Big Arnold fan. is great at delivering them because yeah. his like goofy accent is I just no. love it. I it, love it so much. I really liked it. I thought it was super good. No, I love Eraser. I think it's great. I think it's a nineties like staple. Yeah. For sure. I thought it was very good. The mm-hmm. only part I didn't like is that um, and maybe there was explanation that I missed is that Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a U.S. Marshal in this, but he has the training um, with fighting and guns and general combat of somebody who should be like a secret agent or in some kind of top secret military agency. And he's just a U.S. Marshal. Um, so that's the only thing I know that's silly. It's an action movie. It's like kind of nitpicky, but I like when there's a reason for them to be like a total badass. Right. Besides just being a badass. Yeah. That was the only hang up. I'm like, but why is he so good? The finale is like insane. Yeah. James Conn's great. Yeah. It's super epic. Very long. But the whole time I'm like, wait, there's more. Wait, there's more. So this goes very high. Two hours. Yeah. It's a long movie. This this has gone high on my uh, exposed to action movies so far. So, yeah. And now it's on your list, Brandon, because Chuck Russell. Uh, yeah. yeah. I do really like him. He also did the Blob remake, which is incredible. Yes. And the mask. Yeah. Uh, I watched the original Piranha. It was fun. I've never yeah. seen it better than I thought it was going to be because I love Piranha 3D. I do too. It's like one of my all-time faves. Mm-hmm. Um, I unabashedly and, love Piranha yeah. 3D. And I was pleasantly surprised with the original one. And Ben's like, this is why people think piranhas are deadly. They're not deadly. So there's his commentary for the day. <laughs> and then we Thanks. both watched Devour. Oh, Devour. Which okay. I quite enjoyed. Um, It was... <laughs> It's a super millennium movie. Oh my god, it's so millennium. A director who's just now a producer some for some really like hoity toity things like Creed. Um, but hasn't really directed anything else. And the writers wrote like Disney's Bill Nye the Science Guy and like nothing else. But it has Jensen Ackles from Supernatural and Smallville and Supernatural. My Bloody Valentine 3D. Yes, we love Jensen. That's why yes. we watched it. It also has Shannon Sossamone, and I'm a big yes, fan of we her. we really like her. And um, then, I don't do, know, some Whoever other Dominique Swain is, she's the other, like, title character in it, but I... Oh, she's in Face Off, I guess. Okay. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That movie's okay. Um, yeah, this movie is very interesting because it... it At the beginning, it reminded me of Stay Alive because oh, yeah. it's, like, tapping into... I think this is better than the, Stay Alive. Uh, I really like Stay Alive for some reason. Um, but it's tapping into, like, when video games were becoming, like, really popular, yeah. like, PS1 era. Yeah. So, like, I mean, and he's playing on a computer game, but that's what it reminded me of at first, but then it goes in this super weird direction. About demons. And he's, like, the Antichrist. And, and there's, like, this really cool demon that actually creeped me out. Legitimately. Well, the demon kind of looked like Wishmaster. Like, it's this big, huge, slimy, horned... Like, I agree. I thought the practical effects were really good. And then it takes, like, this very bizarre third act, like, like, just curve. And it gets super weird. Like, the whole time you're kind of like... Oh, is it like a cult? Like you, yeah, you like don't know there's kind of like this cult maybe, and like they're messing with him, and like they're kind of messing with all these people. But then these like supernatural things start happening. You're like, okay, so maybe it's more than just a cult. And then like you get to introduce to this character that you think is going to be like the main bad guy, and he dies like almost immediately. Um, the guy he pushes over uh-huh. the like the rail, yeah. And 
it's super weird, but I, I think you need you need to watch it. I think especially if you're a fan of Supernatural, the show in general, it's definitely like a must watch because, I mean, it's fun to see Jensen in another role because we pretty much only get him in Supernatural. But also there's some really like interesting demon lore cult kind of stuff going on that I don't know. And also it just plays to my millennium taste. Yep. It's hardcore it's millennium. It definitely feels, feels so like 2005. Like yeah. Um, Brennan. What do you think of this film? Oh, did you um, see it? Yeah, yeah. I've actually. Oh, you have a story about it. Because, yes. Um, I'm super not well versed in mid two thousands horror actually because that was right before I started getting into horror and when I got into horror I started diving more into the nineties and eighties and earlier. So like the little releases I have kind of missed, but this is one of those movies that well because people. You know, who come to your birthday party who don't really know you that well. They're like, oh, he's a horror guy. I'll buy him literally the most random horror movie DVD I can find at Big Lots. So one of my birthday presents one year was a DVD copy of Devour. Yes! Oh, my God. Do you, Do you still, still have it? it? Yeah. I might. You I, need to watch it. It might be somewhere to dig up. But, yeah, that, that's that. Like that's the reason I own the movie The Woman in Black, which oh, I liked I like when that I movie. saw it in theaters. Oh, yeah, Dan Radcliffe, but, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I just, I had no desire to own it, and it was just like, happy birthday, here's the first horror movie I found at Target. Yep, um, I've definitely had a couple of those, where I'm like, oh, this is an interesting looking horror movie. Um, I think that's how I got, what's that Lindsay Lohan movie? Somebody Killed Me? I know oh, where she's killed a stripper? Yeah, 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 I got that. Classic. This isn't even horror. No. <laughs> like it, but it looks like it, so it's like, oh yeah, that's how I got that. Oh, that's also how I got See No Evil with Kane. Ooh, I like that movie. Mm, I haven't seen well, that. Well, I like the second one that the Sasuke sisters <laughs> well, did. Rare. So. Didn't get that one. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You got the first one. Um, cool. So that is what we watched this week. We're going to move on to the movie, the main movie that we watched, which is um, On Brennan's Suggestion. Girls Night Out, spelled N-I-T-E, like Nick at Night. Girls Night Out. A.K.A. The Scare Maker. Both horrible titles. Oh, awful. Yes, but I much prefer Girls' Night Out because it actually feels like something anyone would say. <laughs> I prefer The Scare Maker. Because, because it's not a Girls' Night Out. It's not. The girl. The girls don't have a night out. They're always partying with, like, multiple genders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, I didn't... I, the poster, too, like, one of the posters is... You know, with all three girls, and it like really makes it look like it was a girl, a planned girls' night out, and then things went awry. My and that's girls' not nights out have all. never looked like that. Let me just tell you. Also, that. your girls' night. Would you want them to though? Maybe your girls' night out have probably also never lasted like across four nights with a radio scavenger hunt and no. a basketball game. Um, Not typically. Yeah, Girls' Night Out. So it's from 1982. The synopsis is a killer. This was the real synopsis. I didn't just like write this. A killer wearing a dancing bear suit. Dancing bear suit. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, has like a jerry curl in the middle of its ears. Uh, stalks. It's got swirly, hypnotized eyes. Yes. Stalks a variety of cheerleaders. Not true. I don't think any of them were cheerleaders. Um, maybe one of them. Oh. During an all night scavenger hunt at a remote Ohio college. Why can't they say the basketball team's mascot? Because that's what it was, right? No, it's a dancing bear. Um, it was released June 20th, 1982 in America. That's when it was released in America. Are there also painted wings? 
Painted what? Things I almost remember. Once upon a September? No, Anastasia, Dancing Bears. Oh my God, no. Um, I'm not That's an Anastasia person. Uh, I'm sure someone out there will you laugh when they hear it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, June twentieth, nineteen eighty two, in America. It was made in. It was an America. American movie, but it came out in early nineteen eighty three overseas as the Scaremaker, and then re released three years later, December nineteen eighty six, as Girls Night Out again in America. No budget. Uh, information, no information on box office. All I could find about money I, is... I can answer that because the answer was zero for both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All I, all I found about any sort of money with this movie was one of the actresses says she still owed $5,000 by the by the director. Oh. Yeah. I, I hope she just collects now. That would be great. Yeah. Um, horrible. Uh, there's no Rotten Tomatoes score, 24% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. No tomato meter. Yeah, no tomato meter score. So no critics review. All the critic reviews. Well, they just got to wait till I get Rotten Tomatoes certified because there I did will write be a review. review. I can't wait for the day that you get Rotten Tomatoes certified and give all of these movies that probably have very low scores, like a little boost. Just yeah, like a welcome, percent world. or two. Yeah. Um, I read all of the reception, and I hardly, I disagree with all of them. A routine slasher picture offering little entertainment. I agree with the little entertainment, but routine slasher? Yeah, it's not a routine slasher at all. No. Also, I don't know. I think it is kind of entertaining. I think I was more entertained than you, for sure. Because I, I, I find I some enjoyment. I camp value to it, which is why I wanted to share. Yes, I find enjoyment in the madness sometimes. Um, yeah, Variety hated it. Uh, the Atlanta Constitution hated it. Uh, Mike Hughes of the Hattiesburg American hated it. Blockbuster Entertainment hated it. Everyone hated it. Everyone does not like this movie. Dull, routine. Routine is used a lot, which I don't. I agree with you. It's not routine because it doesn't follow any sort of the slasher blueprint or anything. Um, predictable ingredients, I guess, um, at like the most basic level. Um, the imitation, this imitation of Friday the 13th, originally shot as Scaremaker, is strengthened only by the presence of Hal Holbrook as campus security chief. Yeah, Hal Holbrook review. That was would be... clearly written by a middle-aged woman. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, his name is John Stanley, so yes, it was. Also, probably someone who didn't see the movie, because it's nothing like Friday the 13th. At, like, I guess in the fact that there's a guy who kills people. That's not a guy. Oh, yeah, there's someone who kills people. <laughs> there is a masked killer who kills people. B, what do you think of these posters? Which one? Um, I mean, I feel like I'll ta- I'll briefly talk about the other ones, but I'll talk about the one that I see the most. Which, which is, is the three women, like, running yeah. away from a shining light. Yeah. The yeah. party was great on dot, 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 girls night out. They all went in, but only a few got out. I really hate, but only a few got out. What? Just none got out. They all went in, none got out. Only a few. There was no going into anything. (laughs) Like, how how do you make your killer seem less intimidating? They all went in, but only six escaped. (laughs) Like, come on. There are a lot of people alive at the end of this movie, and that's one of my biggest qualms with it. (laughs) But most of the girls do not get out. They should all. The women. Yeah, survive. (laughs) I mean, all die. All the shitty dudes live. Yeah. And all of the women who did nothing wrong except for experience. Like, decide they want to have sex with people. Get murdered. My thoughts on this poster, or if it were for a different movie, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Part. It looks like it should be the cover of a Fear Street novel. I enjoy, like, the oh, yeah. mm-hmm. 
the light behind them and it's obviously like shot in a studio and like the fear on the women's face and that's all great and they're kind of like standing on the type and you can see their shadows that's all fine um I just have the biggest issue with misleading posters and nothing about this the title the tagline or this relates to any scene in the film besides the fact that yeah, these it's... are actually the women in the film aren't they mm, uh, kind kind of maybe? I honestly have no I don't know. idea because they all look the they same they do yes uh, oh familiar. my god i could not keep track of anyone in this movie no. it was You're so difficult to. um but also, no one dresses this. like this in this movie yeah they do like this yeah i Just in a bra and booty shorts no they don't, don't it's like fall in ohio maybe not maybe it is <laughs> It could be. I will be. say this poster makes it look like an alien abduction movie. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, the light, yes. like they're running from the light of a UFO or something. Mm-hmm. So. Also, uh, I weirdly just think the girl in the middle looks like Brie Larson and it freaks me out. Oh, yeah, she oh, does. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it is Brie Larson. Yeah. It's Brie Larson in the yeah. past. She's a time traveler. There is a poster I will talk about that has the scare maker on it. And it. I've never seen this poster, dude. It's an illish. It's a very. It looks more eighties. I prefer this cover. It makes me think of curtains. It does look like the curtains one a little bit. So it says, "His grave is empty. His corpse is cold." The scare maker. Both better. Better tagline. Better title in relation to this film. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a illustrated like big eyes of or killer. So it looks feminine. Although you're saying his grave is empty, so you're a little bit confused. And then her mouth is open and it sort of blacks out and it's the scare maker. And it's like three-dimensional type. And Coming out of their mouth. Yeah. It's um, kind of cool. It's yeah. cool. It's, um, it's better. And I assume that this was the, the theatrical poster when it was the scare maker. And then there's a lot of other covers um, that are fine. One tries to make it look like Last House on the Left. And yeah. It's stupid there's some very like exploitation-y yeah. covers which is the opposite of this film um oh yeah the the one that you shared on the instagram story that tagline is so bizarre oh dude it's the weirdest yeah. like it's like weirdly long what it yeah you know what really turned her on she loved to be scared weird and kiki things really got her motor running yeah, like, <laughs> it's like what movie are you yeah that sounds like it should be the tagline to christine like, oh not, my god! Not to fucking girls' night out. <laughs> really got her motor running. Yeah, that sounds like it's a killer car movie. I it, or like or, an old, like the oldest man alive. Like, yeah, really got her motor running. <laughs> Gross! <laughs> it's so weird. Um, no sequels. Shocker. Oh yeah, I'm so surprised by this. Uh, also, this is the first movie that had no score. Um, it was just the love and spoonful. Yeah, so and yummy, yummy, yummy. Yes. Oh my god, dude! That, <laughs> that song played like four times. I text Ryan as I was watching it, and I was like, "This DJ's obsessed with love and spoonful." Like, what the fuck? And I was like, "The band." At first, I was like, "What does that mean? Like, is that like a thing?" Um, and he's like, "The band." I'm like, "Yes, the band." No, and that- I mean, look, you know, college radio DJs like. Do I? <laughs> replace replace that song with like airborne toxic event and you're in the mid 2000s like yeah i don't know how to do this no that's <laughs> they don't know true what they're doing. um <laughs> i just think of jen lindley and dawson's creek it's just it's great yeah i like, always think of what, that too she's like i'm not she gets a phone call and she's like i will not play limp biscuit and they're like um that's not <laughs> what i'm calling for and she's like okay <laughs> um it's great because 
so it lists that they used Love and Spoonful, Ohio Express, Fruit Gum Co., John Fred, and the Playboy Band. And then at the end, it does list Magno Sound Studio for sound effects and noises. Um, because most oh. most of it is just like weird sound effects that you would hear in like a fairgrounds haunted house. Mm-mm. Um, but and I don't mind movies that use songs I don't instead either. of a score. I think that could be done very well. All the Boys Love Mandy Lane did that. And, yes, and, and so it. did um, the Psycho Sweet 16. Yes. They, I mean, they had a score too, but they used a lot of songs as well. But this movie obviously had like six songs that they somehow got the rights to use. <laughs> yeah, how did they get That's the rights a mystery. to? I think it's just because nobody noticed this movie came yeah. out, so they didn't get sued. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, there's no way they legally have the rights. Because this film is on YouTube. I, you can't buy it on no. TV or anything, mm. can you? I, I do have a DVD of it. I don't know how available it is. I got it at a con, but it's not a bootlegger. Huh. Anything, oh. So it exists. Um, I think it's just under the radar got away with it. Is that Yummy 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 song <laughs> from a commercial? Or is that a real song? No, it, it's a real song. That, real slash terrible song. Yeah, it's, it's by Ohio so, Express. It's awful. Yeah. I hated yummy, it. Every yummy, time yummy, I heard it, yummy. I was like, this is a commercial for like a cereal. I don't understand. Yummy, yummy, yummy. I got love in my tummy. (laughs) And as silly as it may seem, the loving that you're given is what keeps me living. And your love is like peaches and cream. Oh, wow. Those are the lyrics. Be looked them up. (laughs) This is Snoop Dogg's. (laughs) (laughs) I'm peaches and cream, definitely. Ba, 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 da, 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 da. Yummy, yummy, yummy. Ba, da, 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 da. Uh, okay, definitely not as good this. as the child play rap. Listen to "Yummy, Yummy, Yummy" or the song from Slaughter High. That burn, oh burn, no, burn, "Yummy, burn, Yummy, burn, Yummy" for sure. The weird like weird Atari like video game soundtrack. Yeah, no, definitely "Yummy, Yummy, Yummy." Um, Robert Duvall directed this. His only, literally only other credit, which you'll hear a lot of on this list of only other credit, um, is American Playhouse, which was a BBC anthology series from the 80s. Um, Joe Bolster, Gil Spencer, Anthony Gervis, and Kevin Kurgis, which I swore, I was like, did they just, like, make these names up? (laughs) Anthony Gervis and Kevin Kurgis! Um... They all created the story. It looks like Joel Boaster wrote it. I and, never trust a film with more than two writers. Uh, yeah, it's hard. When you have that many writers on something, it's always scary. Joel Boaster is the only one who went on to do anything else. Uh, it oh, looked, no! Yeah, no. Uh, so, so it looks like these uh, four guys were like friends, like frat guys. And they were like friends. And they're like, hey, let's let's like make a horror movie. And they came up with the story and then Joe wrote it. Because he did go on to no, write for no. Everybody loves Raymond. Oh, yep. Uh, and the you don't know Jack TV game show. That had writers. Uh, I guess someone had to come up with those questions. Oh, sure. Everybody loves Raymond. Can I hate get, that uh, show. I hate that show so much. Ray Romano. <laughs> I don't even hate Ray Romano. I do. I love him. In when the Big he comes Sick. into Parenthood, I just get so bitter, and I'm like, "You've ruined this show." That He's was really good in the Big Sick. I, I like him in that. Anywho. Um, Julia Montgomery is the star, I guess. Uh, uh, Lynn Connors. No, one's the, no one is a star in this movie. No, there's a lot of equal um, screen yeah. time, actually. So Julia Montgomery as Lynn Connors. She had everyone had bit roles in like 80s TV shows: One Life to Live, Revenge of the Nerds, The Kindred, which that's a horror movie. Uh, Didn't they just cancel One Life to Live or one of those like long running soaps? Yeah, I think like one of the only ones left is Days of Our Lives. 
Um, James Carroll as Teddy Ratliff, who was in Guiding Light and Loving, which were also both uh, soap operas. Uh, what happened to oh, people sorry. named Teddy? What? Well, they're Theodore or Ted. Yeah, but what happened? That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, There's because no more Teddies. I think they're all just porn stars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? <laughs> it's one of is those, that where they went? Yeah. If, yeah, I think so. If you're named Teddy now, you're a porn star. So, you know, parents oh. got to really think about it before they I name guess their I kid. won't be naming my child Teddy. <laughs> Teddy. <laughs> Um, no, but um, James Carroll was also in another slasher movie, which was one I actually considered choosing for this episode, which maybe I should have. Um, but it's 1980s He Knows You're Alone, which I really, really like. I like that title. Yeah, um, the title's good. I didn't even see that on his IMDb, on his MDB. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, oh, I know this cover. Yeah, I know the cover. Yeah. It, yeah it, and that movie's notable for being the first film role of Tom Hanks. I see that. A very young. Um, pretty attractive Tom Hanks, and oh. I don't normally think he's attractive. No. He looks like somebody. It'll come to me. Tom Hanks does? Yeah. Interesting. He looks like Tom Hanks. <laughs> no, in that, he looks like, uh... He looks like Tom Everett Scott. I don't know who that is. Um, well, that's who he looks like in that picture. <laughs> Suzanne Barnes is Don Sorensen. Um, she was in Chips Night Rider, Who's the Boss. Uh, she was all over the 80s, which is, I think... She's very attractive, so I can understand why she was picking up like bit rolls everywhere. Re- is that why she's third on this list? Um, no, it's because she's the second woman. I gotta know about Susan. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rutanya Alda as Barney. Um, yes. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's in the Deer Hunter, the Dark Half, Amityville too. So she actually has a little bit of uh, oh my god credence as far as horror movies goes. Ryan, you are not nearly gay enough because she's in Mommy Dearest. <laughs> Well, I am not gay, so that's true. Uh, <laughs> um, kind of. Yeah. Um, You're yeah. the gayest well, straight you, you man I know. You more gay friends, and I'm happy I can do this for you. Oh, thank you. But Mommy Dearest. She was She was in Mommy Dearest. As who? Maybe the most important movie I she was in. I love that movie <laughs> so much. I need to watch that today. Who is she in Mommy Dearest? She's the daughter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, her name is Britannia, and I don't like that name. I also That's... don't like the name Barney. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> what woman's name is Barney? <laughs> I don't think... Come on. And then Hal Hol- uh, Holbrook as the security guard, Jim like McVeigh. How. Yeah, That's Hal's fine. Name. It's usually I'm short for... I'm just going to judge all of their names. Uh, it's <laughs> usually <laughs> short for Harold, though, which I'm not a big fan of. Um, he yeah. was in Lincoln, All the President's Men, In the how Fog, Creep Show. Harold? I don't know. Why is Dick short for Richard? I don't make up, like... I didn't come up with all these nicknames for hundreds of year old names do you know what i do kind of like the name dick which is a bummer because you can't use it anymore but <laughs> you just like it because of veronica mars well also Mad Men. yes um or veronica mars pick pick your you poison. could use it if you wanted to i uh, want i want to use the name peter and that has been a synonym for it's different penises. than dick yeah that's true uh how holbrook by the way filmed all of his shots separately which is why when you watch the movie you'll see he's never on screen with anyone else it's always oh yeah he is full-on arrested development season four in this movie yeah and the only reason he did it is because his son was in the movie um his son plays the worst character ever i prior oh the mullet guy yeah, the mullet guy. Like the one the guy who's like, You're all whores. Yes, yeah. that guy. Yep. Um, which is the only reason how Holbrook did this. He did all of his filming in one day. Um, oh boy, Brennan. Oh, wait, wait. Before we leave this section, um, I, I don't mean to come into your glass house and just throw stones everywhere, but 
you did miss Lauren Marie Taylor, um, who plays, I don't know, one of the nameless women. Um, but she played Vicky in Friday the 13th Part 2. She's the one who wants to get with uh, Tom McBride, the guy in the wheelchair, so she changes into her... Oh! Her oh! And they're playing strip poker, or whatever they're playing. Yeah. Interesting. They're playing that weird oh, yeah. Game Boy game. Okay. Um, I just watched this movie. Um, yeah, that's, you again, that's what you're great for. You have all this, like, I was not going to go. I don't remember her in this movie. I recognize her from Friday the 13th. I, she, she's, she's the one who's sleeping with Benson, the bear guy. Oh, And, yes. and she's cheating on I, Pryor, yes. who she's apparently been with for years for yeah. reasons I cannot fathom. Yeah, okay. I remember her now. You, like, your, your, your memory? memory of this movie is much well, greater than mine will ever once. be. Yeah. Well, look, I, this is only my second time seeing it, but I think I could make more sense of the characters this time around because I kind of knew the shape of the movie yeah. already. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, but one thing I will... Look, I, I hate to do this. I hate to be such a nerd pushing on my glasses. But in your April Fool's Day episode... Oh, boy. You totally forgot to mention oh. that Amy Steele, who's the final girl of that movie, is also the final girl of Friday the 13th Part 2. So I think you just have a blind spot for that movie. No, I think I retroactively talked about it when I talked about that I watched Friday the 13th too, Because I was like, okay, oh, great. by the okay. way, she was the she was in April Fool's Day, the final girl. Because as soon as I started... Friday the 13th Part 2, which was after we watched April Fool's Day. I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Well, that's good. Totally recognized her. Um, Retroactively, I made up for it's that possible. mistake. It's possible. We know. have a blind spot for Friday in general. We yes, we're trying to get better with it. Um, I want, Oh, I forgot I watched... Uh, Jason X. Uh, yeah, I watched Jason X, guys. Uh, it was as miserable as I remembered. Yeah, that movie's not good. Um, I think I like Manhattan more, which is saying a lot. <laughs> Manhattan is fun. No. It's not fun. No, look, mm. I like the guitar. As, especially, things. look, the boat stuff is fine. Um, but when he gets to Manhattan, the twenty minutes like he's in some, Manhattan, so, yeah, if, it just feels like it was written by a child who only <laughs> heard of Manhattan, <laughs> telling him to never go there. <laughs> That's the best description I've ever heard for that movie. Well, um, when I watched it, I actually, as soon as he got to Manhattan, I went to bed. So, oh, I well, only watched the boat stuff. No, the Manhattan stuff is the best stuff in that movie. I get, does that mean I have to watch it again? Yes. Uh, if you had to classify this, I'm going Teen Scream. Uh, or do campus horror. Like a university slash. Yeah, yeah, campus, I, yeah, camp, yeah, campus horror. Yeah. Um, although everyone, all the women look like they should be in college. All the men look like they're 30. So, I mean, True. I have that problem with it. Um, Always my problem. Yeah. Uh, at least for a while. I start I, doing I, the math and I get really upset. I didn't know what, like, Barney's role was for a while. So I was like, is she also a student? Because she is at least 50. But then when I realized that she's just, like, a cook or. Yeah, that was really I'm, confusing because I was like, is she, like, with the students? Like, are they dating? Is she a student? Because she looks too old to be a student. It was very confusing. This whole movie is confusing, everyone. Like, there is, there are names thrown around right and left. Like everyone looks the same. the sh- The camera quality isn't great, so it's not like the only distinction. Yeah. Especially like, at least the men have some like different hair colors. The women all have like the same hair color, the same style. So there were times, especially Dawn That's and Lynn. Rain. No, whatever. <laughs> Dawn and Lynn, who Ted, we look different. Teddy is cheating on Lynn with Dawn. They look almost the same so there were times where i'm like which one is he with right now like i don't know is he 
what is happening? I was like, is he supposed to be cheating? Is that the same girl? I don't know. They don't I use names a lot. I wonder if we would feel that way if we watched it in the 80s. Probably not. Yeah. We'd probably be like, oh, I totally recognize the difference between those women. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like you just have more nuance in uh, tall hair. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And like the curl style. Like, oh, well, she's got the big ones and she's got the little ones, you know? <laughs> the, uh, big and the, yes. the big and the little curls. There's no iconic weapon, I guess, if there had to be one. His bear claws? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Okay. But not I, that you ever see him use them. Yeah, that's the Just thing. Just strangling. You see him. Strangling with blood. You see her make Red them, paint. And you see her threaten to use them by <laughs> marching towards the camera at an incredibly slow pace while a woman just a stares bear. at him. And her. maybe that's an homage to Vicky's death in Friday the 13th Part 2 because that happens to her. Jason approaches her with a knife and she's like, oh no, I'm going to stand here. I, you are giving this movie too much credit. I don't, oh, yeah. I don't think it is. Um, the killer herself uh, is Barney. Why? Who knows? There's some hackneyed no, plot. I know she's why. She's the sister of the guy who killed the people before. <laughs> yeah, Dickie Cavanaugh. There you go. <laughs> so there is this big rumor at the college that they go to, yes, which their, is it's their folklore. Dewitt College. It's their folklore that Dickie Cavanaugh killed Patty McVeigh because wow, something. You. Wow. I... Yeah. Um. And um, and no, she she cheated on him. So yeah. He killed right. Him so... Because women be shopping. Am I right? <laughs> Is, is that that's what, what we'd be doing is that the kids just what the kids the say nowadays um so dickie killed judy mcveigh who you find out is hal holbrook's character his daughter um the campus security guard but dickie killed her and then he is in a he's locked up in a mental asylum and at the he's very the beginning of the movie the beginning yeah he hangs know. himself right and you don't know it's him to begin yeah. with um i was very confused i'm like wait is that a kill what just happened? Was, oh, did yeah. Did killer also, do that? <laughs> also, there's a secretary. D- does this mental inmate have a secretary? Because she keeps answering the phone talking about Mr. Kavanaugh, and then she goes to see him, and he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. In this mental institute, everybody gets their own personal secretary to handle their affairs. Uh, sign me up. Yeah. Um, so the whole plot is basically... I don't know, some nonsense about there's a bunch of really awful men that are all pigs and either hate women or, no, they all hate women because they treat them like trash. They cause them to lose the big game. Yeah. It's all the woman's fault. Yeah. So they lose the... Didn't they win, though? Yeah, they yeah, do win. But he um, almost lost. He almost lost. Because... And, oh, okay, yeah, because cause, uh, whoever broke up with Yeah, somebody. So there's a bunch of, like... Some big curled lady. Women who all cheat on their boyfriends, and all the boyfriends cheat on their girlfriends, and someone... In a dancing bear costume, finally starts going around and killing them on because they'd been bad on the night of <laughs> the school scavenger hunt where the radio DJ is giving out clues. So the women keep going to look for clues, and the, the bear is waiting there for them to kill them. And then we find out the bear is Dicky Kavanaugh's sister. What was her name? Katie Kavanaugh. Katie Kavanaugh, who has been Barney the whole movie, who has split, split like, per- personality disorder. She's her brother. And she thinks she's her brother. She actually, that's the second, the first death we actually see, I guess, quote, unquote, see, is two grave diggers who are bludgeoned and stabbed to death with a shovel. They were burying Dickie Kavanaugh, and it's his sister, got the body. This whole thing's so weird. 
Wait, can, before we leave the gravedigger scene, it's so important to me that we mention their super specific gossip because they're burying Dickie Cavanaugh. They're like, hey, isn't this that guy who killed that campus security guard's daughter? <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, they're like telling the lore like as it's happening. They're like trying to use and that as like, a device. No one would know no. this. No, and the best part... Also, the gravestones are all definitely made of foam and like don't have anything on them. Yeah, and <laughs> those gravediggers are... It's like they were like, hey, two guys on the street, you want to be in a movie? Because they they delivered the lines like, hey, you got that body? Oh, yeah. Isn't this that guy who killed that girl? I was like, what the fuck am I watching right now? There were so many like, times I asked myself that, by the way. Just what townie, though, knows the campus security guards? Because I didn't even know the campus security guards at my school. Um, I don't think we we didn't. Oh, sure, we did. No, we did. Yeah. Yeah. We I was like, did. we didn't. But yes, we did. At UK, I mean, did you have a couple of run-ins? Well, Cricket was yeah. one of the campus security what? guards. Her name was Cricket, and yeah. she was terrifying because she was like this little lady, and she was super quiet, and she would show up out of nowhere. So you'd be thinking you were getting away <laughs> with shit, and she'd just pop up, and she'd be like, what are you doing? Basically, it was like, <laughs> yeah, you can't leave campus unless you're a junior or something junior yeah <clears throat> and um that's all they did because we had an open campus yeah so we're this is high school though yeah that was high school uh, oh yeah I, college i don't know college sure, yeah i have campus pe- cops yeah there were campus cops they were probably people i went to high school with that didn't do anything else i mean that would be my guess i had one of the I campus feel- cops at sac state um help me because i lo- thought i locked the keys in my car but then oh. i don't know i can't even remember the end of that story so let me stop telling it something happened well, you have your car now, though, so it ended happily, right? Yeah, I do have my car. <laughs> okay, perfect. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So the gravediggers. That's kind of where we, this whole it, the whole thing starts very confusingly because we see a guy die, but we don't know why. Like we we see he hangs himself. Where like did he do that? Did a killer do yeah, that? Yeah, I thought we don't it was really the know. killer the whole time. Then we see this basketball game where we introduce all these shitty people, and <laughs> then we get this random gravedigger scene. I didn't even realize what was... At first, I thought they just murdered a dude. They pull his body out of the car in, like, a black bag, like... And they just, like, pull it out of the back of a van. I was like, did they just, like... Is there some weird gangster subplot? And they just murdered this guy, and they're... And then, from their gossip, I realized they were gravediggers, and then they're killed, and then... You know that famous gravedigger gossip? Yeah. (laughs) And then, the whole movie just kind of takes place at parties like it's just parties, parties and interim parties so apparently they know how to party in ohio yes that's all they do uh the, that sounds right the first what death, else do they do in ohio it's a bunch of mormons and no that's utah that's ohio too i think i'm pretty sure if you're from ohio and we are you know being cruel to you yeah, as usual sorry for usual um, We're so, um state discriminatory against other states yeah i am um that's true. West Coast, best coast. Um, Mike is the mascot in the dancing band. Also, why is Mike not on the basketball team, but what's-his-face is? Oh, prior? Yeah. Like, I just don't understand. Like, Mike is... the mascot. But Mike's in shape. Like, why isn't he on the basketball team? Because... Right, not, that's not the only thing that you I need to understand do to play basketball. That, but also, just be in I shape. understand that, but, like, they, they totally, like, they imply that prior sucks. 
Like, uh-huh. they imply that, like, why is he Maybe on the Mike team? Maybe Mike sucks worse. Maybe he has butterfingers, can't hold on to the ball. Okay, whatever. You, don't, you don't know his basketball skills. Mike is the dancing bear, and he gets murdered, so his costume can get taken. And yeah. This is probably my favorite <laughs> no, part. No, I love the line from the killer. Yeah. It's so good. I'm sorry. Yeah. I need this more than you do. Okay, and for sure, that's a different voice. Yes, and I could not find who did the voice. It makes I looked me through all of the credits. I tried to find it, could not find it. Um... So that is the first death. And then none of the other deaths happen. Like, Brennan, I'm pretty sure when you described this movie to me, you were like, oh, yeah, it's like they forgot it was a slasher movie until the third act and crammed a bunch of stuff in there. True. Oh, I mean, there. this is not actually the one I was talking about, but it also does that. Oh. I was talking about Killer Party. Oh, yes. Okay, that's the other one. But well, this does that because, like, Mike dies. He's stabbed. <laughs> But then, well, the gravediggers die too, so there's kind of some stuff going on. There is some stuff, but like nothing, and then nothing else happens except for like lots of cheating and like gossip and like yelling at women until the last twenty minutes of the movie when the scavenger hunt starts. I, I would say the scavenger hunt is probably like a good forty minutes. But it's, yes, longer uh, than well, twenty minutes. It's a it's like forty minutes from the end, and then there's like fifteen minutes of weird police procedural at the end. Oh yeah, it gets super. Biz- I don't know. This movie's so weird. Like so, all the all the women get killed at the end when they're like going on the scavenger hunt, and they're all they all are introduced at some point, mostly at that party where the first time we see Teddy like cheating on lynn with dawn oh my god i can't believe i'm saying these names um i'm so impressed oh my god did you hear yeah (laughs) i know did you hear that teddy is cheating on lynn with dawn um dawn Sorensen. yes and so that is the we're introduced all the women pretty much there that's why we're introduced to almost every single character um and then there's the scavenger hunt jane has her throat cut it's one of the only kills that we actually we don't even we don't see, see her it. get her throat cut, but we see her throat cut. So we do also, see... at first, like, the first kill when Mike gets killed, I'm like, oh, is this going to take, like, some Giallo vibes? Because that's, like, death, some red paint. Oh, and yeah. then I was like, nope, it's mm. just, that's what they decided to It's just to a low use. budget. And this is, this does commit one of the biggest sins that a slasher movie can commit in, one, not having very good kills. Um, but two, like the kills are really non-specific. Yes. Um, specificity is so important in a slasher kill, but it's like, there's kind of literally a bear hug and then there's blood everywhere. But what happened? There's a lot of off-screen death. No, it makes it just seem like every, my like interpretation of all that, I was like, I think they all just kind of got strangled to death with the knife in her hand. That's what it looked like because it's like a bunch of bear hugs. Death by bear hug, you guys. That's what this... Iconic. Yeah, iconic. Iconic bear, bear hug. I mean, Jane, at least when they find her, is like hung up and her throat is slashed. So... That scene is intense. That is the only scene in this movie to me that felt like a true slasher movie. To, like, like... Yeah, when they discover when her. When they discover her body. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, that's the best acting moment in the thing too because her friend I believe her name's Kathy her discovering the body is like a really genuine freak out and it, it's it's creepy yes that and that so that is um I thought standout scene uh, yeah standout scene and then also the random so Kathy finds Jane and Jane runs away from uh, uh or Kathy runs away from the bear and then she's killed off screen I thought Sheila getting grabbed through the window Although he grabs, she grabs her through the window and like, it looks like doesn't do much. She does like rip her throat out or slash her throat out, Um, which wasn't bad either. But Leslie just standing there while he walks forward 
into the camera with the bear claw is... It's like a Hitler stance, like one paw out, straight ahead. <laughs> it's so bad. And like... She just, and I like how she just like leans back and she grabs like the bed a, frame like, or yeah, whatever behind her. Or whatever. Like, oh yes, this will help. Let me brace myself for this bear slowly walking towards me. Like if the bear were to walk into her with those knives at that pace, they would do nothing. That's true. It, it would, would just, just like she, bounce back. Yeah, she would be like, "Oh, those are pointy." Like she'd feel a little bit of it, but it's so bad. I don't know. And then there's no more kills after that. Um, after that, it's the weirdest mascot. Oh, yeah. He, I mean, he's creepy in a way of like. I don't like that the tongue. Yeah, the out. tongue is hanging out, and he has gray Jerry curls. That's what I'm gonna be for Halloween. Oh my god. I would love that. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Um, yeah, and then this movie just uh, gets to a point where so the the killer is calling into the DJ. Uh, oh yeah. In between and kind of alluding to killing these women, and it's then, very Zodiac esque. Yeah, and then fi- or New Year's Eve. Yes. And then finally, Jim McVeigh is clued into that this is happening because the killer calls him too, and like alludes to the fact that he's dickie kavanaugh he calls the mental institution uh, to make sure that dickie's still there and finds out dickie killed himself then he called then uh hal holbrook calls the radio dj tells him to shut it down and this is when we reach our climax of don being chased by um our killer barney the dancing bear and they get into the cafeteria and she is able to call teddy who completely abandons his girlfriend to go help her and she's just laying on the ground, um, subject to the bear hug. And Teddy gets stabbed once in the shoulder before Hal Holbrook comes in. And we are offered an ending that, to me, seems like they were like, hey, let's do something kind of like Sleepaway Camp. But, yeah, where it's like this but weird, not like, as reveal. graphic. Like this weird reveal where... So, what's her name? Her real name again? Katie. 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 Hal Holbrook is like, Katie like he realizes it's her by the way though he has seen her that that part bugged me a lot too because no 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 no. but the thing is he didn't realize that she was dickie's twin sister until he looked at a picture of dickie and drew long mm-hmm. hair onto her. yeah Dude. that was so funny when he's like in his office he's like oh no and then when he makes that connection i was like who does he think that the person is like i didn't make the connection i was like um well and not only that, to? there's a scene, although Hal Holbrook isn't filmed with anyone else, there is a scene where he, like, technically interacts with her in the school cafeteria because... Oh, yeah, all creepy in the corner. Yeah, because he buys Teddy's food for him. And so I'm like, he saw her, and they are, like, twins. He makes that connection of long hair, and then when she reveals that she has Dickie's body in the freezer in a wheelchair and a suit and a bear claw, what the fuck weird. But when, like, you make that, like, when they make the reveal, it is Tanya Alda in the makeup. They do look almost, oh. although that doesn't actually happen, but they look identical almost. And I'm like, you just didn't make that. This guy murdered your daughter. Like, you didn't well, realize? Hal Holbrook, Hal Holbrook doesn't strike me as the type of guy to look the, the wait staff in the face. I'll blame him then. <laughs> this is all Jim McVeigh's fault. Yes. Um. Yeah, and that's the end, though. He basically, uh, he calls her out, and she does her weird voice thing, and she's like, Dickie's not dead. And mm, reveals... Kind of like a weird psycho reveal, too. Like, here's the body I've been keeping. Well, and they, they make an allusion to that with the whole, do your impression of... Mrs. Bates. Mrs. Bates. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, so they do like kind of reveal very early on what's happening. Yeah. Um, 
But the end is just kind of weird because... They tried. I'll yeah, give him that. I just don't understand the end either because I'm like, are they implying that he's alive? Which they're not. I think they're just implying it's that It's not she like is a insane. My Bloody Valentine 3D where you are really thinking, is he actually like have the spirit of Harry Warden in him or is he just crazy? You kind of have to question that. This is like, no, she's fucking crazy. She just took his her body. Her brother dying like sent her into a state of psychosis i understand the end of the movie but i just don't get a lot of like why is the bear claw on him like after every kill she puts the bear claw back on him there's not a lot of closure it ends really abruptly it doesn't really make sense no and like Um, she's not killed like she's not killed we don't know if dawn is alive we assume that what's his face is alive teddy because he's only stabbed in like the shoulder blade yeah, almost every male character survived this movie, which is not great. Um, I prefer is this when where they I die. begin my defense of why I picked Yes, it? please tell us what happened. <laughs> okay. So, well, what I was thinking, I'm actually, I'm technically on because I'm here to promote Attack of the Queer Wolf. Yes. Which is whoop, whoop, whoop. Um, the LGBT horror podcast I'm producing for Blumhouse that's premiering on Thursday, September 13th. Um, so I was thinking, well, cause when I, when I came on the show, I was like, I need to bring them some like trashy eighties movie because that's really my jam. Mm-hmm. And that's your brand. You, yeah, that's my brand. And you guys are like much more in the like more current, like nineties and two thousands. And that's great. And that, that's like a, a sphere of slasherdom that needs to be more yeah. explored. We need um, to defend the devourers of the world. And, yes. Yeah, and and taken seriously, and we it's time to shift nostalgia away from the '80s as much as I love it. Um, but when when it comes to slashers, like '80s is really my realm, and that's when slashers were what they were, and they made so many, and that's mm-hmm. why they got so weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I got to bring some of, some of my trash stuff in, and I was thinking to pair with Queer Wolf, what's a slasher movie with a lot of homoerotic subtext? And the big thing I remember from Girls' Night Out is that every man in this movie is shirtless. And also, none of the women in this movie are shirtless, which is shocking for how... That's true. Ooh, yeah. How, how deeply misogynistic this movie is. Um, that's the part I forgot in favor of shirtless men, and I hope you can forgive me because they are very attractive. Um, oh, man. What about the I'm mullet just, guy? Yeah? No. That does it for you? No. What's his he, name, Pryor? Pryor? No, he's never shirtless. He's shirtless. Yeah, it's just Teddy and Pete and Mike. And Benson. He he died as he lived, and that was shirtless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. No, it's true. There is... I... As... Because you told, you told me when you were talking... Like, when we were texting back and forth, like... Um, yeah, really. Selections. Thanks for leaving me out of that. Guys. Sorry. Um, when we were texting back and forth selections, and you're like, "I wanted to use something like kind of homoerotic," and so how about this movie? And I was like, "Sure." Like I've never, I I had heard of it very like sparringly, and um, and so I was like, "Sure, that works." And so watching it and knowing that that was one of the reasons that you picked it, and I also because I know you, and I also read a lot of your stuff. And know that you enjoy like kind of just weird oddball trashy eighties horror movies. That is true. Yeah. I was like, oh, I can see I can definitely see why Brendan chose this movie. I I don't I, here's my question. Is this good? <laughs> Do you think this is good? Oh. Um no, <laughs> nobody does. Okay. But okay, but here's here's the thing. I, I should mount a strong a sterner defense. Um well first of all, 
I mean, the the specific homoerotic subtext, especially with Teddy and Peter, they basically ignore their girlfriends mm-hmm. at every point. And Teddy's obviously his, has his man whore ways of trying to bed every woman that's walking around. I think it's Pete, all the guys. I think Pete is in love with Teddy. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And there's a scene where they're there's a really tender scene in their dorm where they're sitting together like singing a little song in a cowboy outfit yeah. and they're just like feeding each other Jack Daniels. Yeah, they oh, sing the party pooper song. It was super gay. I was like, Oh no, these two definitely one hundred percent are gay. Every party has yeah. a pooper. That's why we invited you. Yeah. yeah. Why do you um, know that? One thing I don't know, it stuck with I, me. I will admit that I forgot most of this element, and I do apologize for it, of how, like, cartoonishly misogynistic this movie is. Yes. Because, I guess, trigger warning for this movie or whatever, like, when the girls are killed, like, the bear is yelling at them about being Uh slots and whores and stuff. And I did forget that. Um, Because I was too busy thinking about Benson's chest. Um, But um, this is very much typical of a lot of um, the slasher movies that indulge in the elements without really understanding them completely. Um, It's a lot about sexual dysfunction and it's in a way that does not fly today and should not have flown at the time. No, it makes me so mad. Yeah, I'm not endorsing it. And they completely misunderstand what it... Like, it's the fundamental misunderstanding that our society is based on is that when a man cheats on a woman, it's the other woman's fault. Yes. Um, because it's, it's the person who's doing it. It's their fault. Yes. And what this Um, film reminded me of is what I feel like people who don't really watch horror movies think horror movies are. And when people like get all up in arms about how sexist slasher films are and how the final, like the final girl is like a poor example of women in film, I'm like, no, this movie specifically is takes all of those things I feel like people feel about horror movies. It's like these guys had never seen a horror movie or a slasher and they're like, no, 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 this is what happens in slasher movies. Girls have sex and they die. And they're like, yeah, let's push that. So I think it's actually important to watch movies like this as a slasher fan and as a horror fan to understand that when a final girl is done and women are portrayed correctly in slasher movies, which is often, it's usually just characters morally behaving badly which doesn't mean women having sex yes it off yes and this movie literally is just like oh no you're having sex you're a woman you cheated you're bad but let's ignore all the men doing the exact same things where in most slasher films it's both of them um yes that is also true and yeah that, that's just an element that for some reason slipped my mind um but that's okay i yeah, and it it, it makes and, for when, a weird I, I that element mixed with the homoerotic stuff. I is a strange juxtaposition of things. Yes, that is really weird. I I don't think the filmmakers realized how homoerotic. Okay, they are. and that's what I was going to ask you. Like, is it one of those things where because like you watch Nightmare Two or you watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Look, a lot of people on the set of Nightmare 2 knew what they were doing. Right, exactly. And, like, especially when I watched Never Sleep Again, like, you realize. You're like, Mm they 100% meant to do this. Do you think the director meant to do this? Or is it just a coincidence? I don't know. It's either 
the the thing that really strikes me about this movie is that you do n- you never see a woman topless, Mm-mm. and that's usually a mainstay of these kinds of right. Movies. And there's lots of implied nudity under sheets, um, in the bathtub. Yeah. Well, and even like if you'll notice in the opening scene, um, when they show the cheerleaders, they don't show the cheerleaders dancing or doing routine. It's literally their butts. It's a film, like, I don't know if either of you noticed this, but I always pick up on, like, how they film women in movies. Mm-hmm. And specifically in this one, when they pan to the cheerleaders, you never see their faces. It's just, like, literally a body shot from, like, their back. Uh-huh. And you just see them bouncing up and down and their skirts, like, flipping up and down with their butts. Hmm. Yeah, look, it, no one's saying this movie is treating women well. No. No, 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 no. But so there are but, still, even if it's not like explicit right. nudity, they are still like objectifying women and showing oh, their bodies yeah. in the film. No, you're you're right about that, obviously. Um, but I think the fact that men are objectified as much, yes. if yeah. not more, is something that's different. And I don't know what the impetus was yeah. for that, but any male character in this movie, except for Pryor, is shirtless at some point and most points. So. Maybe um, they just didn't have a budget for You need to find yeah. Robert Dubell and figure out what was going on here. I would love to talk to Robert Dubell. But, Let's find him on Twitter. Oh, and one thing I, I want to say is, like, I, I do think this is definitely a privilege that I have, and I understand that. Um, but being able to overlook misogyny in a movie or to view it as some some nasty aspect of, like, retro camp where you're like, wow. Like, mm-hmm. whose decision was this? And kind of looking at it historically yeah. and less politically, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, and being able to laugh at it for being so disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't take joy in misogyny at all. But, like, in certain, in certain like, in the 80s really isn't that long ago. But in certain old movies, just the sheer offensiveness of it is kind of shocking and interesting. Even though it is very bad. Yes. I agree. Brandon, what is your favorite kill in this movie? Oh, um... See, uh, the kills aren't great. No, they're bad. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. And also, the annoying nerds who do impressions all the time do not die, which I wish they did. Oh, those guys are the worst. Yeah, the ones riding yeah. around on their bikes who are like lions and tigers and beavers. Oh, my. God. I mean, one of my favorite ridiculous slasher tropes is that especially in the early 80s for some reason people were doing impressions left and right um it's really a mainstay like in friday the 13th like three out of six of the characters do terrible impressions i think it's because that's where stand-up comedy was at that point was like lots of impressions bummer maybe it was yeah yeah but yeah uh, my favorite kill uh god i'm gonna say benson because he was i believe yeah he was one of the only men to die and also like he does get the shirtless kill which i think does embody what the reason i watched this movie uh i have to go that's a good choice i understand um he is he's really the only man killed the gravediggers and dicky cavanaugh all die but it's kind of hazy they're not they're not part of the slasher no um proper. he's the only one who's part of like really the slasher feeling of the movie um finding jane is the is the best but you don't see her kill so i have to go sheila through the window and like her mm-hmm. her th- I was gonna say oh, that yeah one. her throat is that's like, like the most graphic open. one yeah hers and mike's are both yeah, pretty graphic 
I did find the killer's voice kind of creepy, too. I did. I was actually thinking... I liked, like, the one-liners. The one-liners were fine, and I like the end when her voice changes. I thought that was well done, too. Um, it just makes me mad that I know it wasn't her voice. Yeah, and we don't know who it was. That like, bothers me. Like well, she was possessed or something? Because there's no way. Maybe she had one of those uh, ghost face voice modulator things. I Possible. can only hope. I wish Ghostface thing was true, was real. I know I've looked for it a, a lot. Oh, um, this movie has no position in the horror landscape. I I feel unless, but Brennan, do you in in the world of gay horror does this movie have a larger foothold? Uh, I wouldn't say that it does. It's still for the people who do enjoy it. It is an extremely small cult. But I will say, um. I, wrote, I used to write for a, a gay horror website called The Backlot. Uh, no, not gay horror, just gay entertainment. Um, and I wrote an article about hot dudes in horror movies for like a Halloween series that I was doing. Um, and I mentioned the entire ensemble of Girls' Night Out. And one of the other writers at The Backlot, his name is Brian Jurgens, and he's like the horror guy. He, actually, he used to have a website called Camp Blood that was a gay horror um, you know, news and articles and whatever awesome um he really really stands for this movie too so i believe there's a very small gay cult but it's really there's still no particular standing for this movie so very 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 cult if you're you need to check every box this is what yeah. this movie is um i can easily you're welcome for exposing it to you guys. yes you're welcome yeah exactly it's it's a piece of history yeah. that is is interesting to look at exactly it's not good it's one of those things that i know i will never watch again but i don't hate myself for watching it i'm glad and that's kind of what i wanted to expose you guys to this kind of thing mm-hmm. i think i probably picked the wrong one nah um, if you we'll give you, you another chance you back i have better choices. yes well we will definitely have you back um Thank this you. is the part of the episode where we rank it i can easily put it for me be Worse or better than Slaughter High? Oh, I've I knew it was going to be between the two, and yeah. I've been struggling with that. And um, I think I worse. think it's worse. Yeah. So this is going to be. I, I would agree, <laughs> yeah. but I like Slaughter High way more than. You. Yeah, that's true. You do oh, like I Slaughter High a lot more than we do. Not like Slaughter High, but it's a better slasher. Um. So this movie is going to be our new second to last. Uh, April Fool's Day is our last. If you listen to our April Fool's Day episode, you will understand why because we both love that movie. But yes. it um it, it does rank last among our slasher movies. It's not um, a very so good slasher. It's, yeah, it, it's too it's too incoherent to really be the kind of like formula slasher that you're ranking for. exactly. Yes. And um, it doesn't have it. So it has like the camp of terrible movies like Slaughter High and Blood Rage, but then it's lacking the actual substantial slasher tropes that we need, like the kills um, and the killer. True. And so I don't think we, I think we've discussed why it doesn't really fit. I don't think we really need to yeah. dive in. This will be our number 20. Um, so second to last on the list. Uh, number one is. No, it'll be our number. Yeah, 20. 21. No, because. No, April, we're April, missing. Yeah, so this we're will be 21. Oh, you're right. So yeah. it's our new number 21. Um, number one on the list is still My Bloody Valentine uh, from 1981 and you can find that again at KeepScreaming.com Brennan you can find Brennan uh, he has his own podcast called Scream 101 that he does I at do. podpeople.me and then also please uh, one more time tell us uh, where we can find Attack of the Queer Wolf and when that debuts yes um, Attack of the Queer Wolf um, it's co-hosted by 
Um, Michael Kennedy, who's a writer, he's written on TV shows. He actually wrote for the Seth MacFarlane camp for a long time. He was in Family Guy and um, Border Town. Um, it's also co-hosted by Nae Bever, who's an artist and activist who's worked with the Trevor Project a lot. Um, and then it's uh, the third co-host is Mark Fortin, who's the co-writer of The Final Girls. Which we all love. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is one of my favorite movies of the decade mm-hmm. but especially slasher mm-hmm. movies it's so good um yeah. everyone needs to see that movie it's incredible we will cover we it we almost actually. covered it we did yeah for summer oh yeah we, i should have should have recommended that one but i, I wanted uh, to do 80s yeah. had to do 80s plus yeah, especially for you plus we've been avoiding it yeah thank you for reminding me why i was avoiding it no okay let me, uh, uh, i'm coming back next week and i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. You, you guys do your thing, but I'll, I'll have to redeem myself um, next time I'm around. Um, oh, boy. But, yeah, so that's what Queer Wolf is. Um, every week we're going to be um, discussing and breaking down a movie and talking about its queer subtext. Um, I don't remember when this episode we're recording is airing, but it's going to be, like, Monday-ish, right? This will It'll go up Monday. tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, tomorrow. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, it's coming out in three days then on Thursday the 13th. Um, our first episode is going to be on high tension. Ooh. Ooh. Um, and you know what? I'll just I'll, I'll just spoil a couple here. Yeah. Um, we've pre-recorded, I believe, six episodes. Wow. Um, I know we we've been producing this for a long time. I'm happy it's finally coming out. Um, we we've kind of had to jostle for position with Fear Initiative, the other Blumhouse podcast mm. that you should also check mm-hmm. out. Um, but we've had to kind of like space apart so we didn't have the debuts too close together. Um, but yeah, so we're doing the lost boys coming up. Awesome. Um, sleepaway camp, obviously. Can't wait to hear about all the sexy sax man from lost boys. God, it's so good. Yeah. Um, I could, I'll drop one more title. What else do we have? We're doing, um, okay. This technically was already announced, at the live show of Shockwaves, but that hasn't aired yet, so I'm going to tell you guys. Yay! Um, we're discussing, I believe this is episode four, um, we're discussing The Hunger with special guest Don Mancini, who oh, wrote all the Child's Play movies yes. and directed the most recent three. I love Don Mancini. He's fantastic. It's going to be real He's, good stuff, guys. I'm super yeah, it's, excited. It's, it's, it's going to be a great show, and I hope you guys check it out. You can find it on Twitter and Instagram at QueerWolfPod. And you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brits. Yeah, and if you like these more 80s films, like the one we did today, if this is up your alley, um, Brennan has a very co- like insane blog, because he started a insane challenge. You should talk about that as well. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah, um, I have a blog called Popcorn Culture. It's at jiffypopculture.blogspot.com, which is a, a URL I have always struggled with. Um <laughs> But you can just find any links to my reviews on my Twitter. Um, but I have a project called Census Bloodbath, where I re- I'm working through reviewing every slasher film of the 1980s, which is why I have seen Girls' Night Out. <laughs> That's why you've seen things um, like Hack-O-Lantern. I actually have not seen Hack-O-Lantern yet, but I own oh, it yes, because that's I'm it. preparing to see it. I mean, theoretically, I'm going in chronological order, but I skip around a lot. Like, I've done many, many, many from, like, the late 80s, but I'm still technically only in, like, 1982 because there's hundreds. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, if this is, like, up your alley, you like more of this, like, sort of 80s slasher heyday stuff, definitely check that out. Brennan is our resident expert. He is Um, the aficionado when it comes to 80s slasher movies. 
Um, and also, thank you. Um, thank you, Aaron, for everything. We love you. We miss you. All um, yeah. So he's also another great resource for very obscure horror titles. Uh, yeah, so that will be it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll let you know what our next pick is going to be pretty soon. We got to come up with something. I know, I think we're pretty much done with summer. Um, so we're going to start looking at fall stuff. I know the the title Cry Wolf has been tossed around quite a bit. We might finally get to that. Again, you can find us at KeepScreaming.com or online at ScreamingCast on uh, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Ryan Larson on Twitter and B is at B not B, B-E-E not B-E-A. And um, until next time, keep screaming.